Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the Baseball Brothers Podcast. It's your host, Sam. We also have Jason on the line. He's here too. And, uh, you know, hello, welcome hello. Sorry. Yeah, welcome back, Jason. Uh, we apologize for the delay. We're actually going to be good. We're going to be intentional. We're going to try to crank out two episodes a week from now on. Our kind of idea in mind is to do a news episode or, you know, what's happening in baseball that week. And then we'll kind of do one you know, into the numbers, or if we need to ever continue, we'll do, you know, more news episodes. But the idea is to kind of do one based off, you know, the latest stats and some other fun things with Jason. So, anyway, without further ado, we had the trade deadline this week. So, if you didn't know, baseball changed some rules with the deadline as you can't, they made a hard trade line of July 31st. You can't do waiver trades. As far as I know, I think you can only do minor league player for minor league player. Is that right, Jason? That is correct. So we will not see any other trades involving major league players until after the season ends. So this trade deadline was a little bit more wild than they've been the past couple of years. Yes. And let's start off with some of the trades. Jason, we'll pick one and we'll talk about it. Well, the one that is nearest and dearest to my heart is that (laughs) my Diamondbacks traded away Zach Greinke, who has been – Obviously, the ace of our staff the past couple of years and Cy Young contender each of the past three years. Um, they traded him to the Astros in return for pitching prospect uh, J.B. Uh, Bukowskis, Corbin Martin, Seth Beer, and then Seth Rojas, which honestly, we'll get into the prospects a little bit more later, not a bad hole. But the big deal about right. this trade and why everybody's going crazy about it is that this is huge for the Houston Astros. People were expecting them to pick up like a third starter kind of guy to have behind Verlander and Garrett Cole. And instead they picked up an absolute number one guy. And I'll hear your thoughts on this in a moment, but I think that this catapults them to the favorite, not just to win the American League pennant, but to win the World Series as well. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, yeah, Jason, absolutely. Because Grinky, he is an ace. He's uh, one of the best pitchers in the game. I know he had some struggles, but overall, his body of work, he's one of the best stars in the game still. Um, it already takes a lineup that, you know, one through nine there, one through ten with the DH. It's incredible. They have multiple all-star players. And now you have that one, two, three punch of Verlander Cole. 
and Grinky, you can put them in any order you want and you feel comfortable. So say you have a five-game series or a seven-game series, which I don't think they'll even have to worry about getting to with that rotation. It's, <laughs> it's, they're definitely number one. If there was any questions, I think they're gone now. Yeah. Um, one thing important to note, uh, you may remember from a few years ago that when the Diamondbacks signed Zach Greinke, it was to an absolutely massive contract. So yes. even though there's only a little over two years left on the contract, the last two months of the season and then two more beyond this, um, there's still $53 million left to pay. But in the trade, the Diamondbacks also sent $24 million in cash along. So Houston's only on the hook for $29 mil, Or, sorry, I said mm-hmm. the numbers incorrectly. It was, Houston's going to be paying $53 million. There was $77 million originally to pay. So the Diamondbacks are covering about a third of what is remaining right. for Houston. So they're getting a very, very good pitcher for – well, less than they were paying Verlander after they traded for him because that was a waiver trade two years ago when they did it. And That's that right. meant that they were on the hook for all of his salary. But anyway, um, with with Grinky now, who has been, other than that, that 2016 year, absolutely excellent and has had no problems with a little bit of a drop in his velocity because his fastball is down about two miles an hour to around 90 um, his curveball has just been one of the best pitches in baseball the past couple of years, and he throws that slow curveball that's almost like an Ethan mm-hmm. that I've had the pleasure yep. of getting to watch recently, and I'm sure Astros fans or anybody else watching the top teams for the last couple months of the season are going to enjoy seeing that. But really, yeah, in a seven-game series, having that strength in the front of your rotation it's just ridiculous, and I have a hard time seeing anybody, any teams in their current state being able to beat this team. So I want no, to talk a tiny bit. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, you're right. And with Grinky, um, yeah, his repertoire is impressive. I think he actually has like six or seven pitches he can throw. It's insane. It also gives him some protection for next season. If Cole walks in free agency, they still have a bona fide one-two punch, so. Anyway, back to you, Jason. But, yep. Yeah. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about um, the prospects they got in return. Um, mm-hmm. So, Seth Beer had been a pretty big name back before that draft class um, happened. Yeah. And he ended up sliding a bit in the draft rankings because people kind of realized he wasn't a great athlete. He wasn't great defensively, not a great base runner or anything. But what he does do is he hits very, very well and hits for a lot of power. So in the lower levels of the minor leagues right now, he's currently in double A. They don't use the MLB baseballs, which you've seen adopted in triple A this past season and have led to an absolute explosion in power. So home runs down in those lower levels of the minor leagues still mean a lot. And Beer has hit 37 home runs and 728 professional plate appearances at all minor league levels. So as a Diamondbacks fan, this is a guy that I think we could see as our our spiritual successor to Paul Goldschmidt. He's not going to have the same defense and 
maybe not going to be quite the same caliber of player because Goldschmidt was a very smart base runner when he was here with us. But, you know, it's it's a good trade for the Diamondbacks, honestly, considering how much that one contract was strapping them for cash and the fact that as they've been fading and their playoff chances were reported to be about 10% the day before the trade deadline, um, it's really a good call. I think for them to sell as much as it kind of hurts to see them, but it's huge for the Astros and uh, yes. that trade, everybody's going to be feeling those ripples for a while. What did you want to talk yeah. about next? Sam? Well, yeah, no. And real quick on Seth beer, I actually got to see him play last year. Um, my roommate and I, Jonathan, who will have to have on the show, we're huge baseball nerds like Jason um, and Cole and some other guys on the show and Chris, but we actually saw Seth Beer play for um, the Quad City River Bandits are actually an Astros affiliate, and we saw him play, and he raked in that game. And actually, my friend Devin, his two sons, got autographed baseballs from him. So I'm going to tell them to hold on to those when he's hitting home runs for your D-backs. So. All righty. Cool. What do you think you want to bring up next? Yeah, let's talk about the fact uh, with the Puig and Bauer trade with the Padres, like, so for those who don't know, there was a three-team trade. Those are kind of tricky to figure out. Um, but basically, the gist of it is the Padres got a few guys, and Jason might know who they are. But Trevor Bauer went to the Reds, and Puig got sent to the to the um, Indians. What was interesting is Puig was involved in a fight like during the time he was getting traded. Kind of crazy. I think it actually might have been shortly after after the trade, which is a little <laughs> bit weird. There were a lot of instances this season where a trade was done behind closed doors and didn't get announced until a while later. Like the the Grinky trade got announced after the deadline. So I was very confused for about a half an hour as whether my Twitter feed was lying to me. But um, right. in that fight, the MLB actually just released all of the disciplinary actions, which I was just going to list off real quick for fun before we get into the trade. Um, Pirates pitcher Keon Kila received a 10-game suspension for intentionally throwing at the head of Derek Dietrich. Uh, Reds pitcher Amir Garrett received an eight-game suspension for inciting the bench-clearing incident and throwing a punch. Pirates infielder Jose Osuna received a five-game suspension. Reds pitcher Jared Hughes received a three-game suspension for intentionally throwing at Starling Marte. Pirates pitcher Kyle Crick received a three-game suspension. Uh, Puig received a three-game suspension, which we will now be serving out with the Indians. Reds manager David Bell received a six-game suspension for returning to the field following his ejection. Um, And Pirates manager Clint Hurdle received a two-game suspension. So an absolute mess that, well, Puig will shortly be leaving. But what are your thoughts on the, the trade other than the whole fight? No, I think it's good because it shows some guys. Now, it, it's shocking to see Puig flip so soon. So, if you really break down their trade from the offseason with the Dodgers, Kemp's gone, Puig's gone, Alex Wood just came off the DL. But it's just a weird trade. The Reds, it makes sense. You get Trevor Bauer. So, you have to really break it down. It's almost like they gave some prospects to the Dodgers and then they got some guys and flipped them for more stuff. So, it's just kind of. I, I like it. I, I'm happy for Trevor Bauer getting out of Cleveland. It sounds like they were eager to trade him. It's good for him to go to – I think he'll fit well with the Reds. Puig, 
I don't know how he fits in with Cleveland. I don't, I don't know that um, they're going to deal with that, but you know, he's been on a few teams. I just feel like he's like a locker room kind of cancer kind of player, but he's talented, but he doesn't always fully unlock the potential. I have him in fantasy and I trade him away. It was very frustrating because it's like two twelve, it seems, and then hits homers. It's, it's frustrating to own him in fantasy, by the way, but I don't, I don't oh, really know. Yeah. I like the move for the Padres too, though. They got some guys in that too, as well. So, um, one thing that I think is is notable is looking at this trade from from the Indian side because it seems kind of weird yeah. when they're only a couple games behind the Twins to trade yeah. away Trevor Bauer. Now, some people have been speculating that this might have been because of Bauer's temper tantrum the other day. I don't know if you saw this. But after yeah. <laughs> giving up a home run and getting pulled in the fifth inning, he took the baseball from the pitcher's mound and threw it straight over the center field wall before walking off. And, of course, uh, Terry Francona was very disappointed there. But I think the big deal is that, obviously, the Indians have had Shane Bieber pitching just incredibly this season. And if we're talking about control guys like we were about Grinky earlier, he's another great example of a guy that doesn't have crazy movement and doesn't have a ton of power, but is using it really well. He's had this awesome breakout season. Um, Mike Clevenger has been fine, maybe not quite as good as that 2017 season where the Indians went on the huge win streak. Um, and then Danny Salazar is going to be coming back as well. And, of course, they still have Corey Kluber. So I think the move from them is that they were able to give away two months of Trevor Bauer without losing too much of a chance of making the playoffs and improve themselves for the future. Sorry, a year and a half. Trevor Bauer is still signed through 2020. But, no, you're right. It's still a good trade. And that actually happened when he threw the ball. It was actually in my hometown, Kansas City. It was against the Royals. And I sadly missed it live, but I had to watch that a few times. But that, that's a good point. Um, it is interesting because their ace, Kluber, is actually still hurt. I think he's coming back, but it is it is interesting. It's, it'd be hard if I was a fan of the Indians. Like, it'd be like, all right. But they are getting some guys. So, I mean, hey, if you're getting, I mean, that's it's a tough call. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the Indians also ended up with Fran Mil Reyes from the Padres, who should be another relatively consistent offensive player. Mm -hmm. He's been a little bit above league average this season with some good power. So, all in all, this is going to be the ones that I'm going to be most interested to see how it plays out. A lot of major league players involved rather than just um, a bunch of prospects for a major league player like you see in most trade deadline deals where a team that's not in the playoff hunt is selling. Also, Kluber is expected to return middle to late August. So I guess depending okay. on how um, the Indians are doing in a few weeks, we'll see whether they activate him or not. All right. What trade right. should we go to next for any well, closing thoughts I there? Think we, um, I think we should also talk about what were the Mets doing? Why didn't they sell some pitchers? And actually they acquired more pitching depth. They acquired Stroman from the Blue Jays. I thought that was kind of fascinating, actually. Yeah. Um, It's always tough to tell what's going on with the Mets right now, or just in general. The Mets are 
11 and a half <laughs> games out of first place as of the trade in um in the NL East, six games out of the wild card, and Stroman has one year of team control remaining. And basically it just seems like it's a move for next year. Right? Yeah. They're probably not going to contend this year, but they they think that their their window is going to be better if they try to win now than if they they go for the rebuild um, next year. That's that's about all I can say about it. But I it really doesn't make a ton of sense for this year and for Toronto. It looks like they're starting to uh, throw in the towel and start to rebuild. A little bit weird to see Stroman on the Mets though, who have been a very poor defensive team, and he is mostly a contact pitcher. So it's it's the Mets. That's all I have to say on that one, but I'd love <laughs> to hear your take, Sam. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought about that too. It also, I am glad because I, I originally thought when the trade went down, I'm like, oh, that's opening the gates for Zach Wheeler getting traded or Syndergaard or maybe, I don't think they'd trade DeGrom, but I thought it was initially open to that. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, you're right. This is a trade for next year because now you look at that rotation. I'm like, wow, that's a good rotation. And they actually have some young stars. You know, they have Alonzo and they have some other guys, but they still have holes. I mean, they're still paying. Oh, what's his name? I can't think. There's still some bad contracts on that. Yep. They're paying Bobby Mania every every, uh, June 1st, I think it is. Bobby Mania Day or July 1st. But that's Bobby Mania Day. They also also have – they have a couple other bad contracts. I'm I don't ever know what happened with the David Wright contract actually. I'm sure they're on the hook somehow for that too. So Yeah. Um anyway, they're a mess. It's the Mets, the messy Mets. Um another trade yeah. that we could touch up quick on, um, my Cubs. They did some little moves, but they got Nick Castellanos, I think that's how you say it. I always yeah. butcher his last yeah. name. But anyway, yeah, Nick Castellanos. number nine for the Castellanos. So they traded I, I thought the Cubs would make a few moves, if anything, to kind of light a fire under the major league team. It would be like, hey, you know, we we do want you to keep contending. And, and I thought they would. I didn't think they'd sell. But they traded pitching prospects Paul Richon and Alex Lang um, to the Tigers. Yeah. So both of them were recently high picks. So it's, the jury's still out if they're going to be good. I know one of them, I think Lang had some kind of rough stats. But Richon, Richon I think how you say it, he had some pretty good stats in the minors. But the the Cubs are known for making deadline trades. They also got Holland from the Giants because the Giants DFA'd or traded most of their bullpen. They got him. Yeah. Um, they also got they put they got Maldonado last like two weeks ago from my Royals. Yeah, that was on the fifteenth. Yes, and then they flipped him for Tony Kemp from the Astros, which actually was fair to Maldonado because. Once Contreras got back, they didn't really have a need for him, and Joe Madden admitted yep. it's hard to do stuff with three catchers. Yeah. Um, Cubs, I think, did improve their team by a decent amount. And this is in a year where, of course, this NL Central has been incredibly tight as we're recording this right now on uh, Wednesday night. Sorry, Thursday night, August 1st. Um the Cubs just lost to St. Louis, which put them one game behind in the division with uh, Milwaukee just a half game behind the Cubs as uh, 
So that that race is going to be crazy. So every little improvement that they made here, Castellanos adding a little bit more offense, Kemp potentially mm-hmm. as well, um, and then a little bit of bullpen help, especially with the tough month of July that their bullpen had. I'll call it tough for yeah. now. Um, this could be the difference between them having a September collapse or making it in the postseason, Scott Free. So glad to see them make some moves, especially as that that young core is going to be coming to uh, coming up on uh, free agency in in not too much longer. No, yeah, you're right. They're going to have to pay Baez. They really should give Rizzo a raise. I know he's a free agent in a couple of years anyway. And then KB, that's why I'm not shocked that they didn't offer, you know, Harper and Machado those contracts. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to pay your own guys. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What? Because the Cubs did wait a little bit to call Bryant up in 2015, they do still have another two years of arbitration with him. So, he actually won't be a free agent until after 2021. But I don't believe – that they did the same thing with Baez. So, no, they didn't. Uh, yeah, they called him up earlier the year before. So Yeah, he would have he would have lost Ricky status by the end of twenty fifteen. So I think twenty twenty one is probably his free agency date as well. So that's that's two of their big players hitting free agency at the same time unless they can get extensions worked out. So I think making some moves now is the right call for them to see if they can add another deep playoff run to what I'm sure will be called either the the championship era or the Joe Madden era in Chicago when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Any other trades that you want to talk about? I want to talk about a very minor one for just a moment because it's a real head-scratcher to me, is that the yes. Marlins and Diamondbacks swapped prospects <laughs> Both double-A guys. The Diamondbacks oh. traded who was arguably their number one prospect in their system, Jazz Chisholm, a shortstop currently in double-A, for um, pitching prospect Zach Gallon. And the little bit of analysis that I can find in the midst of all these blockbuster trades is that it doesn't really make any sense to the Diamondbacks, and they gave away a better player. And then again, Chisholm seems to be a bit riskier of a prospect, um, Gallon has hit AAA to some extent and has pitched decently well against Major League Pitching and has four decent enough pitches, so he probably will be a Major League player, although a back-of-the-rotation guy. Jens Holm, no guarantees yet. Maybe it's just addressing the fact that the Diamondbacks rotation, for lack of lack of a better word, needs some help, especially with no Grinky in the future. But, eh, who knows? It looks like the but, window has officially closed on the diamond. But you have Mike, you have Mike Leaf now, though, Jason. That's a good segue to the next trade to talk about. There, the <laughs> Diamondbacks. Um, just a little bit before the Grinky trade rolled out, acquired Mike Leak from the Mariners um, for 22-year-old infielder Jose Caballero. Um, Leak has been, despite his almost perfect game, um, almost no hitter a couple weeks ago, has been a generally league average pitcher, but he's thrown over 170 innings for what, each of the past five seasons. And yeah, the dude's durable. Um, 
yeah, he's, he's good at eating up innings. He's been roughly league average in almost every statistic for most of his career. Um, and the Diamondbacks are only on the hook for $6 million of the $20 million still owed to him on his contract. So it's at least a thing that can, can, can get us through the rest of the season, could get us on the rotation. It's a pretty solid trade, honestly. Didn't really give up anything yeah. and just paying well, a little bit of money to a Mariners team that didn't really want his contract uh, no, for the they, rest of the season. They're getting rid of contracts. But, hey, Mike Leak, I remember he's a decent hitting pitcher, so he'll be kind of like, that'll be kind of fun. He won't just have to sleep through his at-bats. He can, he's hit a couple yeah. homers in his career. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Um, the Brewers made a couple moves. I feel like we should mention that. Nothing huge, but they got Drew Pomeranz, the former Red Sox. They got Ray Black. Don't know much about him. And then they also traded Jesus Aguilar for Jake Perry. For Jacob Perea. Perea. Yeah. Um, I remember I was a big fan of Perea last season. He had a really good stretch for a while before getting hurt. And I remember having picked him up in fantasy like right away but um after that that strained abdomen injury he had a rough start to this season and then strained his oblique again he's been hurt uh for a while bounced back between triple a and the majors this season but He's shown the potential with that initial mer- the the initial major league stint that he had, and uh, for a team that really needs pitching in the Brewers, it's not a it's not a bad fit at all. It's a little bit risky, but they didn't have any more to give up. They weren't going after Grinky or any of the other big established major league pitchers. So it's kind of a lower risk and potentially great upside trade for them, especially in a, again, that very close NL central. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I feel like they had to make some moves. Otherwise the fan base might've got kind of mad if they didn't do anything because they need pitching. I mean, they keep trying guys. I mean, who is the, they got Drew Smiley. They've kind of, well, he's gone already, but they keep getting people yeah. back. Um, yeah, they have to make moves. They have a good team, but you got to stay competitive within the uh, NL Central, which basically every NL Central team, I think literally every NL Central team made a trade of some sort. So it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Any last trades for us to talk about? I mean, we mentioned uh-huh. this earlier. They did move Jason Vargas to the Phillies. Um, for a double-A catching prospect. Not a huge thing there, but for an interdivisional trade, it could help the Phillies out a little bit, having another established major league starter. Yeah, Um, the Reds traded Scooter Jeanette to the Giants, which is weird because the Giants traded a bunch of people and then got Scooter Jeanette, so that was kind of weird. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, because they unloaded Sam Dyson, Mark Melanson, Pomeranz, Strickland, and Holland. Yeah, so they did a lot of card shuffling there. We have about three minutes left. Let's see. Uh, Corey Dickerson went from the Pirates to the Phillies, so Phillies got an extra, kind of like an extra outfielder to replace 
Um, McCutcheon, really, if you think about it, just gives him another depth yeah. piece. Uh, let's see. Nationals got some reliever help in separate trades because they've been one of the worst bullpens in baseball. But they've been winning, yeah. which is crazy. They've kind of straightened it out, to be fair. But they had to get old guys like, was it Fernando Rodney? I think they have Fernando Rodney. Um, yeah. They acquired a couple interesting pieces. Yeah. Right. Oh, one last team to mention. The Twins did get a little bit of bullpen help. They got Sam yeah. Dyson from the Giants and picked up Sergio Romo from the Marlins. So a team that has a – I mean, they – probably have that playoff spot locked up unless they struggle a lot or the Indians get hot. But it's just they didn't give up a ton for either of those and just got a couple of extra bullpen arms. And as we've seen the past couple of years in the playoffs, bullpens are becoming more and more important. Important. Well, yeah, absolutely. And my buddy Alec, he's excited about that trade. They actually have the best opener relief pitcher in baseball, Sergio Romo. <laughs> yeah. So I don't <laughs> think they're going to do that, though. But anyway, that is a fun thing to know. we got a minute left, though. Um, we might actually talk more about this. I think we got most of the trades. But if you're listening to this, thank you for listening, Jason. I appreciate it. We'll keep, you know, we'll keep growing as a podcast. That's our dream. Uh, we'll probably talk this weekend or maybe the game next week. We'll line it out. But we'll hopefully have Jason and I back on, and maybe our buddy Cole or Chris will chime in sometime. But we'd like to go kind of into the numbers sometime and do some, you know, advanced stats, and that'd be cool. Anything else, Jason? we got about 30 seconds. That's it for me. Thanks again for having me on, Sam. Looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just remember to uh, give us a follow on Twitter, the Brothers Baseball Podcast. Also, we're on iTunes, so listen to us there. If you have any questions, you know, get a hold of one of us. And we will plan on talking to you sometime soon. We'll tweet it out what our next episode will be about. But anyway, in the meantime, just keep watching baseball. And it's a great game. And we'll talk to you soon. You guys have a great night. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.